I'm hitting uh, record. Let's see. I'm recording. Let's go live. Okay, we are going live. We are live on the point of thanks. Tom, how are you? Then I'll roll the intro. Mm, I'm splendid. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Here we go. This is the point of things with George Capalbo and Tom Shattuck. Here they are, their bite, experimentally proven to be worse than their bark. Tom Shattuck and George Capambo. I think that's true, isn't it? This is a momentous uh, occasion. You are on, this is a, let's get a little nerdy here. You are using some very uh, high-priced technology to connect to me tonight. You sound quite good. Well, thank you, George. What do I usually sound like? I think I have, is there, <laughs> no, I'm not saying you on? sound bad. I'm saying you sound no, you sound yeah, no, no. I'm saying good that, and smooth. Uh, yeah, no, I'm thrilled, George. Tomorrow, though, a tough day. No, what's happening? Tough day, George. What's happening? The anniversary of the night Lincoln was shot. Oh, that's the 14th. But the 15th is the day he was assassinated, by definition, because he, he did not die immediately. Correct. Oh. Neither night was a good night or day. So no, they're, they're there both, you go. Both, yeah. April 15th, 1865, Peterson House, Washington, D.C. That is on the 15th when he passed away. Right. And talk about another night. Like right now, you know, we're having obviously a grand, uh, big historic um, event unfolding. Very true. Here. But that night as well, I mean, there was a that was a huge conspiracy after Lincoln gets shot. You know, they they get they went after his. Uh, um, they went after um, the secretary of war after Ulysses S. Grant, after um, Andrew Johnson as well. So there were multiple pronged attacks. A couple of the conspirators, uh, you know, wigged out and, and just abandoned ship, but multiple attacks. And it must have seemed like. From folks then, like uh, like 9-11, like a huge cataclysmic event, not knowing when the attacks were going to stop. They'd already gotten the president. They almost killed the secretary um, right. of, was it the secretary of war? Um, but, uh, I mean, it, it, just in, incredible. I mean, talk about... Uh, Talk about the, the time to be afraid. I, I found some audio um, of a witness. I've got a secret. I would like to go over and personally escort our next guest on the show tonight. Okay, so this is, uh, what is this? February 8th, 1956. And now uh, the, the host of I Got a Secret is ushering out this very old man with a cane and sitting him down. Apparently he died like a then, month sir. later. Will you tell our panel, huh. please? Let's get in a little closer. Come he's got like one eye. It looks like he—he he looks like he's been beat up. He has like one eye that's not from? not good. My name is Samuel J. Seymour. I'm from Maryland. This is Mr. Seymour from Maryland, and we brought Mr. Seymour all the way up from Maryland. And by golly, he got in a hotel and fell down the steps and gave himself a shiner. That's why he's all beat up. And, there you go. Uh, we oh man! And then he died a week later. Tonight, as a matter of fact, and finally got in touch with his doctor, and the doctor said it was up to Mr. Seymour. Mr. Seymour said he wouldn't miss it. The show must go on. Anyway, so then they, they, they ask him questions and stuff. Let's see if he says something. Let me skip ahead. Uh, ooh. 
He says something when he saw. Concerned with the Civil War. Did it? All right, answering. Did it concern a famous person? They're, they're trying to guess is what he's done. It's like one of these secret things. You right? witnessed something to do with right. Abraham Lincoln. Was this a pleasant Ooh. thing? Was it a pleasant thing you saw, sir? Not well, it depends. <laughs> Maybe if he was from Virginia. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Would it have pleasant. had anything to do with the, the President Lincoln's death by any chance? Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, yes. Did Mr. Seymour witness the shooting of President Lincoln? There you go. Mr. Seymour through a recent article in the American Weekly and said, I saw Lincoln shot. And this article is by Samuel J. Seymour. And it goes on to say that Mr. Seymour <laughs> was five years old at the time. He there you go. He was taken to Ford's Theater by some good friends. And the curious thing was that in the, when he was, in, in this youth, five years of age, when he saw Booth jump from the box to the stage, at which time he broke his leg, his only concern was not for the president, because he didn't realize that the president had been shot but the poor man who fell out of the balcony. And that's all of his memory. Well, that would make sense going to the theater and if you're five years old. Right. Sir, it's been a great joy and uh, you might say an honor to have you are, by the way, the only living witness of oh, that no, no. tragic event. But not and for long. We are certainly going to forfeit the complete $80 to you. You get 80 bucks. Your courage in coming here to see There you go. You get 80 bucks. All right. Enough of that. He also got some smoking tobacco. Uh, the sponsor <laughs> of the show was R.J. Reynolds Tobacco Company, and they gave him a, a can of Prince Albert pipe Tabasco instead of a carton of Winston cigarettes. How about that? So he actually died like wow. uh, April twelfth, April twelfth, nineteen fifty-six. So yesterday, in nineteen fifty-six, and he was uh, four days later, basically, or, or a month and a half later, February eighth, he was on uh, I've Got a Secret, and he died ninety-five years old. Mm -hmm. So there you go. He was a witness, and so he. We have corroboration that John Wilkes Booth actually leapt from the booth and broke his leg, and then ran. Yeah, yeah. John Joseph Hazelton, by the way. Um, Joseph Hazelton was an American stage and film actor. He appeared in thirty films between nineteen twelve and nineteen twenty two as a boy program giver at Ford's Theater. Ah. He also witnessed the Lincoln assassination. Um, he actually, in, in 1933, gave a lecture at May Company Expo Exposition Hall. I don't know if that says in Macy's in Los Angeles and talked about watching Booth shoot Lincoln. Whoa. Um, a good, uh, a, in good housekeeping, they published an article about it a little bit later. Um, very interesting. How, how, what a, what a crazy, crazy time must have been and to have print newspapers then you, you know there were big gaps in first of all booth escaped for what weeks right i mean the, he, right. he was he was he was essentially had escaped got out of the city and was was good to go he found um he, found, he got a little bit of help from other folks in the south but he was not it didn't work out they all think they're going to be famous and 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 uh in legends you know but they rarely rarely are but yeah booth was a was a jerk oh and, for sure um, yeah and those those uh and the, the move was dumb too because lincoln was offering an olive branch and trying to rebuild the south and intended to and so you got a guy who's empathetic with you and uh and they blew him away 
Tough stuff. Not a Mary Todd Lincoln fan, I can tell you. Um, uh, who had whatsoever. a home in Vermont, correct? Uh, near, she did. She did, near uh, Manchester, Vermont. I knew she had something in Chicago. Really? I, yeah. I never I knew see. that. Yeah. Are you sure about that? You're not thinking of uh, think Babe Ruth's there. daughter? No, no. Let's see. Mm, I don't think so, George. That's fine. I'm no, gonna look you're it up. right, Manchester Hildeen. Hildeen, that's family it. Yep, summer I've home. been there. Who the hell knew? I didn't even know that. Yeah. Wow, that's a nice looking place. So I used to, I used Hildeen. to, I, had no I used idea. to rent a house in that that area of Vermont, and that's how I know where it that is there. And I think we took a tour of it one one you know in one of the months I was there. I would, and it was uh, yeah. What a time! It's so interesting because. It was a time where, where you and I can remember our grandparents, and our grandparents are born, you know, in the early 1900s or even late 1800s. Mine were depending. late 1800s, yeah. Right. And to so have after met that. them and talked to them. Right. But after that, but still, you know, there's a lot of stuff, especially in our own old Vermont house, that, that was from the Victorian era there that was old top hats and things that, that we used to play with as kids that were... <laughs> I mean, it's not, it's recent history. The Lincoln assassination is, is Lincoln, is recent history. But, um, man, that, you know, it's funny. The fact that Booth got back there and so close to the president, and I understand that everybody knew him in the building, but the same thing with Jack Ruby, man, you know. Exactly. It, we just, letting people hang around is, uh, is well, proven to. Um, the whole Jack Ruby thing, though, was kind of different. That was sort of, you know, this is. They're they're escorting away the the uh, uh, the uh, accused murderer of of uh, John F. Kennedy, and you got to think they're not trying to protect him; they're just trying to get him out of there. Not necessarily. And yeah, this, but you'd want to protect him in case he's part of a conspiracy. You'd right. want to find out who he's working for, or with, and all this other stuff. Of course, it wasn't, and that's a time. You know, that's just sixty years ago, whatever that is. And they're letting him talk to the press in the hallway. Yeah, no kidding. How crazy is that? And that, that one's I mean, on. I've got, I've got video changed. of that, too. Let's see. Should we go with the audio of that? Do you want to hear Jack Ruby getting shot? If, uh, I mean, shooting? You mean, um, yeah, because it's on live TV. Uh, here it is. No, Fif I know 54 seconds long. Here we go. So they're bringing him out. There's guys in, like, small 10-gallon hats. Guys handcuffed to him. They're walking him out. I mean, there are definitely guys looking around. Mm -hmm. Boom! There he is. He just, Ruby runs up to him, and this is live television. And Oswald immediately gets gut shot. Immediately looks bad, and they throw him in the the ambulance, and he's doesn't he is not looking good. Not looking good. And of course, this started the whole conspiracy, correct? Because you know you, there probably would have been. Yep. Some there would have been a court trial, uh, all sorts of things like that. I mean, there were a number of epic fails that day. You know, I don't think a president is ever going to ride in an open convertible. Uh, certainly, uh, you know, since that well, day. Well, don't sadly. they during the inauguration? They do. Uh huh. No, they don't. They're in that. And then they walk outside next to the car. They sometimes they? No, do. They, they, they still walk next to it. They sometimes do that. Trump I, did. Yeah, they do. Yeah, but um, but that's got it. There's there's so fifty thousand sharpshooters and people around you know it's yeah. uh, i think that's a pretty sanitized crowd that's not anybody can walk yeah, i would up. think that dc has it 
DC has it uh, locked down. I would think, but then again, I doubt it. You know, you talk about how this coronavirus, no matter how big and powerful and expensive government is, is somehow still this coronavirus hit us like it, you know, like it, it, it hit Italy. I mean, obviously we, we're handling it better in teams like that, but we're not sanitized. We're not no. barricaded off from no. from forces of treachery or forces of nature. No. <clears throat> and you just look at at 9-11, you know, no matter what, you know, we have enough military in this country to take over the world in about three and a half hours. And for these t- a group of 20-somethings to commandeer airplanes and slam them into buildings and hit everything including the Pentagon, the military nerve center of the United States. Meanwhile, well, we've got, uh, you know, F-15s, F-14s, and F-22s, whatever they are, buzzing not around, meant, just not chasing our fight tails, that. have no yeah. idea what's going on. Not meant to fight it's, that it's threat. It's remarkable that it happens. And the only thing that stops anything is on the fourth plane, which undoubtedly would have hit its target, either the White House or the Capitol building. People figure it out. A bunch of dudes say, right? this is this ends here, and, and rush the cockpit. It's in, it's incredible. I'm not I'm not criticizing. I'm just saying. Yeah. Well, it, it's just stark how how real life can come to your doorstep. Oh, it can. I mean, we're, we're living nothing. that right now. But I certainly think 9/11, yeah. if anything, was people playing on the good nature of Americans. You know, we're not we're not a, a country where people search everything. Well, we are now, but we weren't then. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have a, I have a recollection of the 1960s. I had an aunt that lived in Chicago. She had moved out there. Her husband got a job. And she would come out to visit, and we took her to Logan Airport, and this is probably, I'm dating myself here, 1965, and uh, we went to Logan with her, and we got on the plane with her, and we helped her put her bag into the overhead compartment, and then the stewardess came on, you know, kind of like airplane, and said, mm-hmm. anybody that's not going to Chicago, could you please get off now? And, oh, of course we yeah. will. Can you imagine that ever happening <clears throat> again? No way. No, I remember that too. When they could go on the planes and you could do smoke on. I used to smoke on a plane. There you go. And, I didn't smoke, um, but I remember people it moved smoking freely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I remember want. this. There was a time when those beautiful Pan Ams had cocktail lounges up in the second floor, and I would have liked. That. I mean, total freedom, and that's one of the reasons why. You know, if we were a country where, like the Chinese, where we could weld people into apartment buildings and force them. You know, to to either congregate or, or disperse and or separate or whatever, right? Or even the South Koreans with their tracking app, etc. You know, there there's a downside to having a um, a democracy. You're you're right, and yeah, no, you know we're freedom of movement. We're allowed to be free and move around, and we're all playing along right now. So the the playgrounds are are police taped off, and there's some signs, etc. So we're playing around like we're not free to move, but we are free to move. And we could at any moment, we well, could all decide, think, you know what, we're just on walking what outside and there's nothing you can do. I think it depends on what state you're in. That there's certainly, there, there's police action in some places if you go somewhere. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I think some, I think, was it, is it Michigan where you can't go to your, your country house now? You know, we can't, but I don't think Massachusetts is certainly that. You can do what right. you want. But, you know, I think they're, they're doing it by the sort of the supply side. Okay, so if, if all businesses are essentially closed except for kind of essential things... And you can't go to a restaurant, you can't go to a baseball game, you can't go to a show, you can't go to a movie theater. Where are you going to go? Just to those places. So I think they're doing it sort of by the inverse, which is to just limit the access to things. And, um, you know, yeah, I think there's going to be a point where, where people are going to be really tired of it. My, my neighbors are already talking about, man, when this is over, we're having a party. So we, there's at least two or three parties happening. 
and we'll probably just all well, die yeah, after because that. Because right? this is this so. is not this is not a trade off that we that we signed up for. It's not living to be confined is not living and not how Americans want to live. We live losing tens of thousands of people and really the hundreds of thousands of people every year as a byproduct of being completely free, whether it's in cars or whether it's the flu or whatever. Lots of Americans in gunshots in, in, by guns. Right. Americans, Americans die. It's it's a byproduct of being completely free. We're not uh, absolutely. We're not uh, walled off from well, uh, you know, it, these afflictions and tragedies. And if anything, I've got to think that this lockdown compared to let's go back to 1918, there was no internet, there was no radio, mm -hmm. there was no telephones. There was only going and talking to people. There were there were newspapers. There, mm -hmm. That was about it. So when you were locked down, there was really nothing to do. Now we can be sitting there and watching every TV show, every movie right. ever made, and things are showing up free. And there's, you know, people are congregating and they can do meetings and we can all talk. So we're just, the, the fact that we live in this modern internet world is making this right. a little easier to stomach. I mean, yeah, I we're under house arrest in the most luxurious way. Right. And not even that. No, you're, you're right. Um, in 1918 as well, there are also a lot of great doctors who were over in the war effort who were not here to, and, you, you know, know, man the, uh, the so, hospitals. So obviously, and there, there, you know, the big uh, the big stress on medicine then was gunshot wounds or, or mustard gas or things that were kind of treatable with cleaning wounds and stuff where this is. And, mm -hmm. and in some respects, even with all these free and, and open and, and uh, communicative things we can do, we're still kind of at the, the mercy of this virus because it does take a while to figure out what to do to solve it. You know, mm -hmm. we have a better shot now. Right. There's no, but there's, there's still, right. it's there's still, no there's still fear. The there's no vaccine. <clears throat> there's maybe some treatments. There's, there's a lot of hearsay. Like you said, I think you said a few weeks ago to me, infodemic, there's so much information that it's hard to tell exactly what's correct and what isn't correct. So, and the simple things still so, still work. Washing your hands. I mean, so all right. Whenever you go to a doctor's office when you're for your physical, what is on sitting on the wall of the doctor's office? It's a can it's of a, of sanitizer, like a foam. Right. And when anyone walks in, they without thinking, they go and sanitize, and then they talk to you. And when they leave, they sanitize. And what I've been told is that that those guys they don't get sick. In a normal sense. Now, obviously, very different when you're in a, you know, the love for our, our uh, first line medical people that are nurses that are in rooms with people that are very seriously ill with this and, and dumping all sorts of virus into the air. That's a tough thing. So, you know, the doctor's office oh, totally. situation, you know, I mean, maybe someone's got a cold or maybe they have the flu, but it's not it's not the same. It's not to the same depth as that. So. In normal circumstances, if you keep doing that, I mean, you know, like, who are we to tell you to wash your hands, right? I saw these people going and doing videos, and here's how you wash your hands, and here's the song to play to it. I mean, we're not so presumptuous right. to say we know anything about that, but it just seems to make perfect sense. Wash your hands every once in a while. Although, let me ask you this. Is your skin getting dry from washing hands? Um, it may be getting dry from having, I have Purell in the car that I use yeah. now. I don't make you dry. I'm told, I don't notice my skin a lot, but I, but I, but it probably is. I'm doing more Purelling than, than ever. 
Um, I got some spray stuff. But, I found like a gallon of this spray alcohol with some oils in it. And now I'm like very popular with all my friends, right? Uh, can we have a little bit of that? Sure. You know, I'm just kind of giving it away. But, um, and that seems to be, that's my stuff to use. But I think just the hand wash is the thing to do. But my, I've got like on my wrists, I actually have had like, you know, little, little cuts open up where it's so dry. And my thumb has got a crack in it. So it's very odd. So I started moisturizing as well. This goes back to lip scrub, I think. Maybe my son isn't completely wrong. I think, uh, but it makes you feel better. I've just got some like aloe stuff that I put on, you know, if I get a sunburn or something and I've been putting that on my hands. There's nothing, there's nothing uh, Gen Z about it. I just uh, found some stuff to put on that is, is moisturizing me and I'm, I'm dealing. But, um, you know, it's, uh, I do think there's an adjustment. I think people are adjusting. You see restaurants have gone to deliveries and pushing mm-hmm. that very strongly and making things kind of interesting when you do that. And uh, certainly... It's a great right. time to be DoorDash or to be a restaurant that delivers normally. Or uh, it, So it does seem like people are adapting. And tell me this, George. Are we are we going to go back? Are we none of us going to cut our hair for three months so that we all look like for, we're, we're living in 1865 now? We will. I, that would I, be interesting. I'd be, I'd be interesting. I, you know, I've thought about doing the buzz if it gets bad enough. I'll just, if it's going to be months. I might just start from zero. You don't want to be a buzz guy, George. I, I really you don't. don't. Be a buzz guy. No, I don't. I don't. If, so I do. I do sort of the slick back anyway. So I can. I can go. I can go a long time without a haircut. But uh, and I have a really good barber. Well, of course, I'm thinking. Does that guy's business survive? Right, being closed because they can't do takeouts. They have to be there. Right. So what's the story there? And that's where I guess all this. By the way, I had a I had a gift from the government show up in my bank account last night. So. Really? Yes, money was deposited. Very nice by the IRS. Very nice. Yeah, it's good, and I'm. I, I think my my job is to go spend that. Right, that's what it's there for. It's stimulus to yes. stimulate the economy. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, I have no problem. I have no problem with that whatsoever. I think you should spend it. Um, I will be spending uh, ours on just surviving. I think when we get it, maybe we got it. My wife doesn't even tell me. It's funny. <laughs> we had. Um, Are you getting more? You're getting tax- more because of kids, right? You're getting. You oh yeah, getting yeah. A pile. It would be any if in good times had we not had trouble with the house, etc. It would be a score, mm. um, and it would be spent, no yeah. doubt, out in retail world um, or you know restaurants, whatever. But that's okay too. That's stimulating but, um, the economy, and it's it's. But it, you should feel better about it than buying stupid tchotchkes. I'm, I'm probably just going to buy like stuff for my my house remodel with it. So it's not going to be anything different. It's just going to sort of defray the cost of a little bit of that for me. But uh, yeah. I will spend it. No, I agree. Well, that's that's good. That's good. You should absolutely. Well, poor Abraham Lincoln. That's yes. a tough time. The whole Victorian era scares the hell out of me. I don't like that. I don't like the the, the era where. You know, three out of five sons die by the time they reach to the age of 12. And I realize that, that that's a very 21st century elite thing to say. And, well, actually, an American thing to say, because I'm sure in other continents that's still a reality. But, man, what a heartbreaking. It's good. You know what I do? To, it's good to be American. It really is. This is really, we are spoiled. When our greatest affliction is that we are eating ourselves to death. Yeah, exactly. You you're, 
the country is well off. <laughs> You've got to exactly. try to mitigate the damage you're doing to yourself because you pig out when you're not hungry on beautiful, fatty things. We, we've been eating way, well George, here. Yes, we've been eating well here, too, by the way. But yeah. we've been working out. Things, I am by the way, working out. But go ahead. Remember, we, we talk about the coronavirus and our government failures and uh, in 9-11, the government failures and I won't say government failures. I'll just say, uh, you know, inability for huge bureaucratic governments sometimes to handle stuff. Well, remember, George, our, our big, brilliant government for three decades told us to eat your carbs and stay away from red meat. <laughs> you know, so. And it's exactly, the, it's like that Woody Allen movie, right? Where he goes in the future, he's been frozen, and they give him a cigarette and they go, breathe this deeply into your lungs. It's the best possible thing for you. <laughs> right? So, so yeah, it is, it is different. Now carbs are, I remember, I remember Ed McMahon Ed McMahon, Johnny Carson's sidekick, who laughed, ho, 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 you know, all the time and would be the foil. Yeah. Saying carb, carbo calories were the ones you have to avoid. That's how we, that's how we lost weight. Um, I don't know that I've been doing that lately, but I did tonight. Let's see. Tonight's dinner was uh, nice, some nice salmon and some Brussels sprouts. Mm. Very healthy. Very nice. You get, uh, yeah, we've got, we've been eating healthier too today. Uh, today I may not have done that, but we've been eating. <laughs> I've gotten so sick of. I've gotten so sick of eating and drinking terribly that I'm just like kind of sick of it. Well, so, you'll feel you'll so feel better eating eat lighter if you know. So that's why when I I'm not to go on the mm -hmm. I'm not going to go off on a, a tirade about the fish thing, and it's not any kind of a superiority thing. But I do feel better doing it. I feel uh, less full. I bet I still feel, I still feel like I've eaten, but I don't feel bloated. Right. You know, it's a yeah. It, no, we had um, we had we had. Um, Uh, we had, sorry, we had fish, I uh, had a class night too, and it does feel good. It does feel like something, you're doing something less yeah. bad. But I, so, I will tell you that, that there's been some fried mushrooms lately from uh, the great fish place scales who ought to be a, uh, should be a sponsor of the point of things. You could work that out. Maybe we can work that out. And, uh, they have great fried food. I tried to get there. They had a fried oyster dinner, but they didn't have oysters. So I ended up wimping out and going back to, to salmon, but I do get fried mushrooms from there. And they have scaleseafood.com. Check that out. And if you go buy from them, tell them the point of things sent you. Maybe that'll work in our favor. Tom's typing in right now. This is, this is a good place. The next time you're over at the mansion, we'll, we will order out from, from Scales, and uh, you'll enjoy this. It's very good. And they're, they're oh, I look very, forward to it, George. They're very nearby. They deliver. It's very easy. And, of course, now they're in the no-contact delivery. We covered this yesterday where they you just put the money outside and they show up in rubber gloves and a hazmat suit and they ring the doorbell give you a thumbs up and uh it's interesting but i do think people are adapting in a in a way that they can and uh you know i i think certain industries certainly i think the software industry is not stopping what it's doing whether they have customers for the things they do is maybe a secondary issue but i you know certainly as i said to you my life is working on software at home in my satellite home office and that does not stop uh, unless the I do that. I did have a minor power failure today in our, our windy weather. We have um, I even have a drop for this, Tom. You ready? We had a yes. big wind and rainstorm today, right? You were on the coast. Mm -hmm. It sounded a lot like that. Yeah. But my power went out for about 45 seconds and I found a flaw in my backup system. I have uh, uninterruptible power supplies everywhere except the main router takes stuff from the from the fiber was actually not in a backed up outlet it is now 
but that went out. So Ooh. that was slight, a slight fail. It was all of 10 minutes. It's a first world problem. But I would be back in 1918 if I had no internet. Then I would be, it would be a difficult thing. So to, are you looking at the scales menu right now? We can, we can look to check this out. No, I'm sorry about that. I'm sorry I got distracted for a moment, George. Sorry, you're typing away. That's okay. Oh, I was looking at something, uh, just work stuff, you know, where it's, oh, okay. it's never boring uh, in the... No, that I'm can sorry, happen. George. That's very bad podcast, but, but I had my email open, and so I, uh, they, it's never boring in the print newspaper business, George. No. I will just say that. Um, I apologize. I'm glad you filled with that uh, interesting I anecdote. I will check out scales. I look forward to it. Um, I will stay. Oh, did I? okay. So I told you about my guinea fowl. Good. Yeah, the guinea fowl. I was so telling been, you know, it's funny. I forgot the so, name today, but tell me more about the guinea fowl. I'm yeah. very intrigued by I'm looking forward so to meeting the guinea fowl, but keep going. Right now, they're just little chicks. They're just little chicks. But uh, so they're, they're African, they're from Africa, and they're like these crazy, uh, voracious eaters of bugs and ticks mostly, which of course we love. Right. So today, we uh, do you have stink bugs where you are? Uh, I think we do, yeah. I think I think we can't take wood. All right, here we go. I got some what? audio of guinea fowl. Where is it? I think we do. I think you can't mm -hmm. take wood out of central Massachusetts. Do oh, they have any sound of them? Why guineas are, they, why guineas are annoying? Here, here we go. These are guinea fowl. Right. So right now they're just chicks. So right now they don't make that noise. But... They're big. Um, so stink bugs. Stink you would bugs. know if you had them because they show up on your walls. And there's there's these there are these jerky looking beetle looking things. They're kind of like are they kind of flat-ish? Anyway. They're kind of flat-ish and flat-ish, yes. Yeah, I think I have them, but they don't right. mine don't stink for some reason. So, I don't know why, but they're there. So I've never had them stink either. But, but anyway, so today we've we caught a few and threw them into the little guinea fowl area. And did they eat them? And did they, they ravage Oh. Yeah. Beautiful. Viciously. They were like velociraptors. <laughs> it was wonderful to watch. I'm liking this. So, um, yeah. So I look forward to these guys getting bigger and uh, decimating the tick population because who needs that, George? Who needs that? No, I think ticks and mosquitoes you know? are, are two insects that if they went away, I would not be sad. Mm -hmm. Correct. And then we can work on eels. I, I think eels are. So what do you have against eels? You have a personal I don't like. Experience? I don't mind the big green moray eels or electric eels that are cool. I don't like the things that that are tiny little snakes that people eat in soup in parts of the world um, that are little greasy black little things. I don't like those at all. I, I my uncle I like, Leo, my you know, uncle Leo loves eels. I don't like anything. I don't like any serpents in the water anyway. <laughs> There shouldn't be. We know I was uh, when I was much younger, a teenager. We all went. My brother, my father, and my myself. We all went um, in Texas. We were, we were, um, we were. What's it called? Uh, inner tubing down right. the um, Guadalupe River, and these water moccasins would swim right across in front of us. Oh, that's now that's not good. Yeah, that's not good. Going right, and then we, and then during the same time. We were out uh, in a big lake during a fishing derby, and we had an outboard motor. And um, as we were just standing there, we kind of like we found a place. We dropped anchor and we threw the uh, started fishing off of the boat. And we looked back, and a huge snake was wrapped around the engine. Jesus, it liked the heat of the engine. Oh, yeah, Jesus! A big thick snake, and so it was trying to kill it. I am, yeah. So I am done with. Um, 
snakes uh, too. So I'm done with those. So we can eradicate snakes too. And I think uh, we can all get uh, we can all get behind that. All right, George. Should we wrap her up for today and uh, reconvene tomorrow? I this think this is this is session of. So, by the, the way, if any, of things. Yeah, anybody of are listening? This is two in two days, and we have plans to do more. So, yes, right. I agree. I agree. All right. So, I have beautiful. Of course, I have some new. I have some new audio. Here we go. Oh, right. Some of our studio audience and departing contestants will receive whatever is left over in the refrigerator from last night. This is your announcer, Felicity Humphrey Smythe, speaking for the point of things. She has a name. Jeez, oh, those are priceless, George, let me tell you. Felicity. She sounds like priceless. a Felicity, doesn't she? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I guess so. I don't know. It All makes right. you happy. It makes me happy. <laughs> All right. Good night. Drive safely. We'll see you yeah, tomorrow. Bye-bye. See you.